Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time Alpha Podcast around 19, 2022. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who has been sacked as Essendon's defensive coach. It is Adam Rosenbachs. Uh, g'day, Michael. G'day, Junk Timers. Yeah, just yet again, I've, um, you know, I'm, I'm cast adrift. I'm looking for work again, Michael. It's, hell. Just a, it's an ongoing... It's an ongoing saga in my life. Your, uh, your Centrelink officer must be just like, I can't help you, mate. I can't help you. It's 15 times you this year. You seem incompetent. <laughs> so we're at the G. We're having a great old time. We're all sitting back watching Harrison Jones having a shot for goal. And I said to the boys, this is going to go through. Yep. So get, make sure you're up and close around him so you can be first to celebrate this fantastic Monumental icing of win. the match. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We it was six goals to nothing, and we came back. And I was like, boys, you've got to get around him because when he nails this goal, it's just going to be fucking pandemonium in the stands yep. and on the ground. So make sure you're close. I don't want you gassed having to run, you know, 80 metres to him. Be right near him at centre-half back and mill around him too. So then the fucking idiot misses, <laughs> right? Hits the post. And how's this? Like, you just... So Scott Pendlebury kicks it out, and... <clears throat> I always say, leave Darcy Moore alone because the, the the scouting that I've done on him, he doesn't hold very many marks. Now, uh-huh. turns out I was a little bit wrong on this. He's leading uh, one of the um, leading intercept markers in the AFL. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd been watching the tapes during the week. Unfortunately, you'd been watching the tapes mm. from the under-12s when he was playing as a kid. Yeah. And you couldn't quite grab them. He was only about four foot eight, and therefore wasn't yeah. you know, the dominant player on the ground. So I'm not up to date with that. So anyway, he gets off. And I said, as soon as uh, if, if someone does, this is, the, this is the thing we'd practice at the hangar. This is what we'd practice at training. If someone takes a mark, everyone run up to him and let a guy out the back on the wing mm-hmm. 50 metres in the clear. So our, our plans were working perfectly because what we wanted was we wanted uh, Jamie Elliott in such a shit position. And I said, like, if, if the ball comes in high and you two backmen are taller than Jamie Elliott, make sure that you don't ice the ball and just watch it into his arm. Sure, sure. I always find. Again, perfect execution. We're fucking nailing (laughs) what my plan was. Yeah, sure. Now, how was I to know? Yeah. Yeah, How was I to know that Jamie Elliott was going to be able to kick it from 50 on the boundary? I mean, we put him in that position specifically so he would miss, and the little motherfucker... Ruined my life. It was actually remarkable. Uh, uh, you were saying before you were in the car listening to it on the radio. Which station mm. is your choice of uh, station for uh, football coverage? Triple M. Triple M. And so who was commentating that one, do you reckon? Oh, that is a fantastic question. I, I think that, maybe Wayne, Wayne Carey might have been in the box. They would have gone fucking nuts though, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, they were all going ballistic. Like when he took the mark and they just, you know, they were screaming and then, you know, the siren sounds and so they're all going crazy. And it's actually, 
if you want a kind of blow by blow of what's happening, you, you don't get it because they're just screaming so much. Sure. Even on the Channel 7 coverage I was watching, and there was somebody giggling the whole time, but I couldn't quite work out who it was. But they just kind of kept on laughing at how ridiculous the situation was. But in a way, it was completely ridiculous by the fact it did go end to end. But then also, mm. Jamie took the mark. I don't know what options he had, but he went, I don't care. I'm turning my back yeah. and I'm going back. Like It was actually <laughs> an incredible show of defiance. And actually, he was like, I'm going to take this on and this is all on me, win or lose. And I was like, fuck, man, that's fucking brave of you. Um, and then he slotted it through. It was actually quite remarkable. And as much as like it's painful. Well, I mean, it was a Hawthorne fan. It was a football fan. It was Essendon Collingwood. So it was a bit of a Sophie's choice oh. in general, you know. It was fucking awful, wasn't it? Like, you found yourself barracking for Essendon and then being like, oh, I feel fucking dirty, and then they let me down. Yeah. It's like, I fucking hate you It was again. horrible. It was horrible. I actually had to go and take a shower. I was barracking for Essendon, took a shower yeah. between Jamie Elliott taking the mark and then Jamie Elliott kicking the goal, and then I had to take another shower to wash it off. <laughs> yeah. But it was actually remarkable. I don't think I've actually seen a player from that angle be that defiant and just turn around and go, nah, it's on me. Yeah, because obviously the, he would have known that, you know, time was running down. But still, when you haven't heard the siren, you reckon you would look inboard, wouldn't you? You think so, yeah. I mean, maybe Because, that... you know, you look at... <laughs> you, well, you look at Friday night with, um, you know, Frio and Richmond. Dude. And, you know, Noah Bolter milking the clock and then getting the ball fucking smothered. And then, uh, is it Cumberland had the ball and then played on? How would he feel? Dude. Like, because that... Because, you know, everyone says other shit, you know, before that that caused the, the draw. But... Deep down, everyone knows it's his fault. We've been strong on that for a long time in that whoever hmm. whoever fucks up last costs the game yeah. entirely. We've been <laughs> yeah, exactly. strong yeah. on that for a good nine years in this podcast. And so, yeah, definitely. Hmm. I mean, I I don't know about you, but I definitely headed to Richmond to punt road straight away and um, put the effigy of Cumberland uh, at the front door <laughs> near the Jack Dyer Stadium and lit it on fire because, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, lessons need to be learnt. Oh, and the, and the thing that you did too, you had to find out what Cumberland fucking looked like before you even built that effigy because, you know, what's he in his like fourth game or something? And, and hopefully, hopefully that scars his career. Like from here, every time he's lining up for goal, that is all that's in his head and it just spooks him out of the game. I like the idea that he'll get the ball in like the one minute 30 mark of the first quarter and just kind of freak out by the yeah. fact he thinks the siren's about to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope it follows him through his, his entire head. career. But it didn't, you know what the good thing is that, uh, you know, and a, a fantastic win by Collingwood, um, nine in a row. Like, fucking from where they came from last year, they've sacked the coach, they get a new one, and no one expected this. So that's a huge win. And it was it was a good game. It was a good uh, free-flowing game, you know, for most of it. But Richmond and Frio having the draw, it really did affect Damien Hardwick's weekend, didn't it? Because he was down at the VFL on the weekend and he fucking lost his mind at some Williamstown players. So Williamstown was playing Richmond, a punt right over, if I'm correct? Yeah. And there was a bit of a, a hit, maybe? Was it quarter time, do you think? Uh, yeah, I think it might have been. Yeah. So it must have been a hit by a Williamstown player onto a Richmond player and Dimmer didn't take it uh, too lightly uh, by the fact... He is deemed to have called the Williamstown squad weak fucking pricks from the boundary line. I fucking love it. And then he said, uh, come over here and I'll show you how tough you are. So you got like a 50-year-old man threatening a 22-year-old. How good is that? He's just fucking wanting to take them all on. I do like the idea though. And and I mean, okay, so, okay we'll, we'll, we'll go back to the top. Okay, so, so they're playing each other. There's a hit. Uh... 
senior Williamstown officials are reportedly seeking a please explain from Richmond mm. uh, after Dimmer is accused of calling them weak fucking pricks, right? And then what do you got to explain? What 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 exactly are you requesting? Well, I think I think uh, well, you want clarification, like which people are you yeah. talking to? Okay, for sure, because <laughs> then Williamstown come back yeah. and be like, yeah, no, nah, he's an outside player. No, no, fair enough, mate. <laughs> you, you got us. He, he is a weak fan. He verbally abused one of the Williamstown players because of a bit of an early uh, of, of hit early in the first quarter, um, and then another eyewitness said that Hardwick went off his head in front of about seventy people. He branded two players weak fucking pricks and said to them, come over here and I'll show you how tough you are. The Tigers have denied Hardwick made that later comment. So they agree that he said weak fucking pricks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when he challenged them to a boundary line fight, they said, nah, nah, that's not the dimmer we know. No, no. He didn't do that. No, no. no. He, he just look, called him weak yeah, fucking look, pricks. Look through his footage over the years when he's a player. Like, nah, he wouldn't be challenging people to any kind of blue. This from a bloke nah. who won a celebrity match. Um... I put a hard hit at Adelaide Oval, put a hard hit on Guy Sebastian, okay? So yeah. he has a little bit of white line fever, <laughs> I think. He has a form. He has a form. <laughs> I would have thought that the, um, you know, the medicinal, medicinal cannabis might have fucking calmed him down yeah, a bit, you know? chill him out, man. Like, he should be hanging around the um, the hot donut van instead of, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> the players for a fight. Maybe he's been on the medicinal meth, and that's fucking fired him up. So he also called a bin a weak fucking prick as well. <laughs> and inappropriate, actually, hanging around Richmond Station. So he's just out the front. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't think anything will come of that. I feel like, yeah, maybe, I mean, actually, and he would have been devastated from that Friday night game, and also by the fact that yeah. um, it now puts Richmond in that spot where, you know, well, Adam, they hold their future in their own hands, mm. hey? They do. They really do. Hey, uh, we got a live show coming up, man. Sunday, August 28th. It's going to be an absolute cracker. Of course, uh, this far out, still a month ago, we have no guests to announce, but you've got to have faith in us, junk timers. You've got to have faith. When did we let you down? Uh, yeah, we, we just haven't. We've never, ever, ever let anyone down, ever. Uh, Sunday, August 28th at the European Beer Cafe from 4 o'clock. Tickets available at trybooking.com. Just type in Junk Time Live AFL. Type in comedy. Type in. type in changing comedy. Yeah. Type in yeah. end of comedy by the fact that once we've done the show, <laughs> like we've finished comedy. We've completed comedy. Yeah. It's going to yeah, be amazing. we've done it. So... So get yourselves a ticket. There's um there's no AFL men's on that weekend, but there is AFLW. The we launch, are going mate. Head to head, yeah. Season launch. Hawks and Bombers on the Saturday night. I can't wait. You know what I really feel sorry for. So they they had a fantastic picture of um every team at the MCG, both men's and women's represented. So two, you know, a male player and a female player at the MCG, all on the dice t- together. And Melbourne was fucking freezing okay. during the week, right? So they are on the um, MCC side of the ground. So they're in shade and they're in their footy kits. This is where it kills me that they always go, you've got to put your kit on. Yep. And you could see, because I, I saw an art, um, a video on the Carlton website where they interviewed Maddie Kennedy, who's the player that we sent. And he was like... like Chattering teeth. Like he was freezing his <laughs> ass off because they're just standing there in like a little jumper and tiny shorts. And I was like, you poor fuckers. Well, feel for the dudes like playing up on the Goldie who just come down and be like, no, I'm never coming to a Melbourne club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is fucked. <laughs> I don't know how much money you offer me. I'm not doing it during midwinter. Yeah, yeah. 
So we've got the, um, finally the AFL have listened to one of our ideas and they're going to have the grand final parade is going to come down the Yarra River. How fucking fantastic is this? I'm actually pretty stoked for this. I actually reckon this is pretty cool. They come down yeah. the Yarra and then they get off at, do they get off at Fed Square? Is that right? I, I think so. Somewhere around there. Around about yeah. there. They get off and then they head back on the traditional route of uh, heading towards the MCG. But I actually quite like See, the See, I idea. think they should get off. It should be like a triathlon. So you're in the boat and then you get an O-bike from out of the Yarra <laughs> and then you ride that down and people waving as you're riding a soggy O-bike <laughs> through the city. Or maybe it's a thing of like, you don't, you know, don't get the bike. Like, we don't land at a dock. Like, you have to swim off the boat mm. towards the bank like and there's no yep, one helping yep. you out, no one pulling you out of the water. And it's kind of yeah. like a survival of the fittest. Or maybe that could be like a, the way they select the team. Just like, you yeah. know, who hits the bank first. And also, you know, we're probably going to lose a few on the way. And so... You're going to lose a few. And then also, just because you made it out, you're not guaranteed that you haven't got hepatitis or... Um, e. coli or something, or something. yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. All the idea that maybe it could be, we're on the boat, okay, two teams line mm. up, they both have to swim to the bank, and whichever squad gets there first, they get five goal head start. So we're adding a bit of intrigue into the parade. I mean, I'd go and watch that parade. I mean, usually it's just I'm a few cars that. wandering by. But now if, I'm, if I know yeah, my yeah. team's going to hopefully get a five-goal head start, I'm heading down yeah. to that parade to watch and encourage and cheer I'm and scream. Yeah. What about hot air balloons? Have we overlooked hot air balloons <laughs> for the, the, the parade? So that way everyone in the city gets a chance to wave <laughs> to their favourite players. So they go... You know, look, there's... Because the hot air balloons, from what I can gather, usually take off from where... The pies would train. What's that called again? The oval? Gosh's paddock? Yeah, Gosh's paddock. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, hot balloons usually take off from there. So, maybe if they get in the boat, swim to the mm. bank. Yep. Now, we're getting into like, um, uh, what's that show? Around the world. Oh, the Amazing Race. Amazing Race. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. And this yep. is for a five gold lead, okay? Let's not forget. Okay. Yeah. Start of the game. So, you got to swim to the bank. You got to run. Okay, now you can bring your bike in. Okay, bring your bike yep, in. Yep. You catch your O bike that you have to fish out from the river. You catch a hot air balloon back to Fed Square, and then yep. you get in the car. Okay, now, yeah. now we're not in a parade. Now we're in a race. <laughs> 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 so two players are jumping into the car, the back of the mm. Ute, and they have to head towards the MCG as fast as they possibly can. And I like the idea yeah. that it'd be like a bit like those you know, European tour uh, rally races where there's no fences. Yeah, yeah. And if there's, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> if there's a corner, the audience is yeah. basically taking their life in their own hands, okay? Because the car could come off at any stage. So they've got to head up, uh, what is it? What's that street? Flinders Street? Would it be Flinders Street? Yeah. Going down towards the Pullman yeah. at the MCG, hanging a right. Yep. Got to get in front of the stage. You've got to push a button or something, confetti comes down. And whoever, whichever squad does all that quickest. Uh, I guess yeah. the five goal head start. Fuck man, here's I love it. Okay, AFL, here's another idea <laughs> that we've offered yeah, yeah. you. Okay, you gonna take us up on so it? So what I love, uh, the 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 thing that I really love about this is you know because uh, obviously it's a lot of children who normally go and watch the you know, grand final parade. Yep. You know, parents take their kids and stuff, and that's what you want is hundreds and hundreds of children sitting at a water's edge, just in a really safe manner, trying to scream out to their heroes, just you know precariously perched on the edge of the era. That's what I want. Have you been to a grand final parade? It'd be well for uh, your team, but like, have you actually been to one in general? Like, 
I don't think I ever have, no. Hmm. I went to 89, I know that for a fact. And I'm trying to think of one I went to, like... Oh, actually, I've been to the end of the parade. So, yeah, when Hawthorne made 13, 14, 15... No, not in 15, because yeah. it wasn't in town. 13, 14, I went down to exhibition buildings where they used to uh, bring the teams out. So, I'd gather there. Like, I didn't go and watch the parade. Oh, I tell a lie. In 2008, I had a mate who worked at the Melbourne Town Hall. And so, she got us on a balcony. You know that bar where they usually have during comedy festival? When you go up the steps yes. and turn right, yep, Peter yep, Cook yep. Bar, they call yep. it. So we were kind of essentially there on the balcony, and like royalty, a little bit. Yeah, we kind of got the inside word from uh, from a, a insider at the town hall, and I think she actually kept it on the hush. I think we had to pretend that we were like other people, or like we were not there to see her. Like we had to say we were here to see other people, and she snuck us into this. Which which would have been particularly hard for you because I know you, and you would have been you would have had a Hawthorne jumper on. Well, yeah, and also I'm very recognisable. <laughs> I'm a man about true, town. true. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, people would have just assumed that you were going to see the mayor. They're like, oh fuck, Chambo's about to shake some shit up. <laughs> I would say, look, okay, the 2020 Olympics, we need them. Mm. Um, but yeah. the uh, we because you are known as the a young Robert Doyle. <laughs> we, um, well, that's before the courts. Uh, but we uh, <laughs> went onto the balcony, and I do remember. Uh, I think it was your mate Scotty McLaren actually was umpiring that day, mm. that game. Okay, and the umpire car came around, and I shouted out, "You're an idiot, McLaren!" And to my joy, he looked up in the sky to see who had said that, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, it was me." See, so in his head, he's thinking this has got like um, Texas uh, book depository. A little bit about it, yeah. It. A little bit, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember he's he's he looked up and he went, he head went, his head went back and to the left, <laughs> to the left, <laughs> back yeah. and to the left. Yeah. But he did generally look up at me, yeah. So that was my view of OA. And then in 2018, I went down because my mate who likes to line up out the front of the ground. And so I hung around and met him on a Friday morning and then we kind of were hanging around for so long that the parade was happening. So we just kind of went and watched the end of the parade with the Pies and the um, Eagles. Yep. So, yeah, I've actually got quite an extensive uh, history of uh, uh, attendance of at, sadness. The, uh, at the AFL yeah. parade. Yeah. Huh. What about, you know, if they are going to come down the, the, the river, what about, you know, those paddle boats that two people sit on? Ah, yeah. Like you got those, you got those pedals that you just yeah, pedal yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. Like make the players fucking earn it, you know? Where you kind of go nowhere very quickly. Yes, one of those things. Or you float down on like an inner tube. What kind of th- what kind of boats do you think they're going to come down on though? Because when you look at the boats that they have on the Yarra, they're usually quite enclosed. They're quite long and narrow. But yeah, like I mean, I can't picture it. Like you know, like when Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl, like they went down some kind of waterfront and they had like you know the big yachts and very open, you know. Yeah. But these boats aren't really that particularly open. Like, it'd be kind of weird just to kind of see a whole bunch of players kind of sitting down, kind of, you know, sensibly kind of, you know, staying calm, you know. Also, also where, where does it start? Where does it, like, if it, say, ends in, say, Princess Bridge, so around Fed Square, where's it beginning? Is it starting down the other end near Docklands and they come out from under the Balti? Or are they coming down from... You know, are they starting all the way back in Warrandyte? So it's like everyone gets a chance and it's like three hours. Well, maybe it's a nice little way to showcase if they're going to get an expansion team. Maybe it's a nice little way to showcase to it all the way from, from Tasmania. So yeah. we start, we go, they, <laughs> they go up the Bass Strait and then end up in the Yarra, yeah. <laughs> greeted by the crowds. We've got a lot of ideas, AFL. Yeah, pay attention to us.
I'm hearing whispers, Michael. Oh, no. I'm hearing whispers that uh, Alistair Clarkson will be the coach of the North Melbourne Kangaroos football team. Now, during the week, they talked about a $1.6 million deal per year. I don't know how many years that might be flown about. Uh, I mean, Clarko... Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, North's got a war chest, mate. They can fucking afford it. Well, it's about time they fucking use their war chest. But <laughs> but then Clarko came out, I think, the next day and said that was bullshit, which is unseemly bullshit. language from Clarko. That's kind of, that yeah, kind of language. Oh, you, no. don't, you, know, you don't want to play like a coach like him. But, uh, yeah, that probably set him. That probably set him back a bit. Like when they heard that, North would be like, "Do we really want a potty mouth man oh, around the club? Is this a, yeah, one point five nine? The, okay, mate, swear jar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! Imagine they had a swear jar for Clark. That would be that would be one end of season trip. But do you, be going to Maldives. I wonder. I wonder about it. Like, obviously, he's the prime candidate. So what we're looking yep. at, we're looking at Giants at the end of the year. We're looking at North at the end of the year. Um, let's just presume like everybody else is kind of safe at this stage. But I'm I'm a bit concerned about Clarko taking the job by the fact I go, I think Luke Hodge might have talked about it during the week, saying you don't want it to be the Clarko show, okay? And I, I feel yeah. a little bit like the Mick Malthouse taking over Carlton in that I feel like it was like a bit too soon. He didn't have the list. He was on a bit of a hiding to nothing. He's also fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to make sure Clarko does his due diligence Just by the fact that And also on top of that I don't think the money would sway him The man would have already enough money for his life So I don't think he needs that I think he needs I, I would prefer him to go to a club that is a better list But at the same time Looking at last year's uh, later results at the minute uh, Just before the show Collingwood were 17th mm. So it can change very quickly can't it it can, but I think Collingwood uh, have had the pieces ready to go, and now that you know, um, McRae's just put in a really nice uh, game plan. Whereas I don't, I don't think North just have the depth. And again, like you say, a bit like at Carlton, they just um, it, they, they don't have the players there. But also, I don't think Clarko, unlike Malthouse, Clarko is probably not going to be doing this out of pure revenge. Yeah, yeah. At his old club, like he's not just trying to settle a vendetta, and he's only doing it for the cash, and he couldn't give a fuck about the club that he's about to blow up. That's actually a very good point. Like, actually, I remember when he took the job. Was it 2012 when he took the job? No, 2013. And I'm pretty certain. And um, and I I dubbed it like the Mick Malthouse revenge tour. Like he was literally yeah. focused on getting his hand on a Premiership Cup on the dais and then doing a 50-minute speech <laughs> mentioning the name Eddie Maguire 177 times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so. I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be a massive rebuild for Clarko and um, it kind of depends on, like... Well, North have already put in for the priority pick, so they're, 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 keen, to, they're keen to get things kick-started straight away. Well, isn't it something like they have, like, one pick in the top 50 or something now? Yeah, yeah, so they traded him away. So they actually, all this rebuild that they need to do, they actually can't do this rebuild because they don't have any players to pick up. Well, that's the thing on top of that. And then looking at the drafting of this year or the trading of this year, like have they traded have they traded away like 2023 picks or anything? Or can you do that? Actually, I'm making stuff up in my head right now. But but yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of hesitant in terms of like, because you know, Clark and obviously, and uh, we're good mates, and we talk quite frequently. Mm. But I don't. You're worried about. I don't it. want him to rush into something that he, yeah, he okay. doesn't need to do. You're seeing, good like that. But seeing that next year there could be three coaches gone next year, you know, there's no, there's no yeah. rush. He's he's a young man. 
It's completely fine. Yeah, that, that's very that's very true. And you know, if if Ben Rutten continues to uh, coach the way he's coaching, he could well be out of a job next year. Well, that's the thing. And actually, you'd prefer to go to Western at this stage than you would go to North. Yes, I agree. So, do you think North should uh, uh, priority pick? Question without notice. Should North get a priority pick? Uh, they genuinely genuinely qualify for one, don't they? In terms of like. I don't know what the rules are now, but in terms of like the old version of the rules, they do qualify. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think they should get one at the end of the first round. Yeah, and it should have to be someone over thirty. I think you're right. It should be someone from over thirty who mm. uh, is on a long-term injury list at a yep. particular club has already been playing for a long yep. time. Yeah, I feel like yeah, yep. I don't, the old days are given like a number one. I think you're out the door. But yeah, give them a number yes. nineteen. Or or you give them you give them access to whatever eighteen year old they want, but that person has never played footy. Yeah, okay, gotcha. They have to be from America. Yes. Yeah, and they're allowed to be tall like Mason Cox, but you also have to Absolutely. tell them how to teach how to teach them how to play football. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. okay. Yeah. So, so you know, you get an eighteen-year-old physical specimen, really good, like say an NFL, uh, you know, college footballer. Yep. Or basketball, and you say, mate, this guy, he's got, you know, he can run all day and do all this sort of stuff. He's just never seen the game yep, before. Yeah, for sure. sure. He's never even seen a YouTube clip of an American reacting mm. to the game. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> never never listened to Pat McAfee go bananas about highlights of AFL. Yeah, and he has a, and they've got to also have a pending, a pending January 6th charge out against them. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, they could be extradited at any moment. <laughs> there you go, North Melbourne. Well, how, what more? What more do you want? But you know, you know if you, you can break into a capital, you know, inside player. Yeah, that's true. Um, talk of Tassie, okay. So Clarko has been big on the mm. Tassie team as well by the fact that he uh, spent most of this year, I think, kind of going about the ins and outs of where they, if they actually do that. I didn't realise this, but I, I think they're voting with the presidents in a month about whether they should have a Tasmanian team. Really? Yeah, I feel like they are. I feel like I'm not making that up. That feels like very soon. So when do, when will it come in if it does come in? 2025? Is that kind of the ex- expectation? That's a good Tasmanian team question without notice. I'm, I couldn't tell you for sure, Sorry. I must say. Sorry. But um, so the Tassie government over the weekend, if I remember correctly, have put an idea to the AFL or have in the past put an idea to the AFL that they want to bankroll it for about $10 million a year for about 10 years. And... Then they got a bit narky that the AFL wasn't loving that idea. I'm paraphrasing a lot of this stuff. And then there's talk of the stadium as well. And I think the Tassie government have realised they can save about 70 or $80 million if they have a glass roof or Perstwex. Yes. As opposed to a retractable roofy roof, you know? Like Ralph. Yeah, I think that's what the architect said. You know, do you want a roofy roof? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to see? You want a glad wrap roof, Ralph? I haven't thought about Ralph the roof for ages. Shout out, Ralph. How are you, mate? Hope you're doing well. Yeah, yeah. He'd be uh, he'd be open at the moment, but about to close because I think it's going to rain around Wayne Jackson Studios. But it is dependent on them getting this stadium built. So they need the quicker they can build the stadium, the quicker that North uh, Tasmania can potentially get themselves a license. I think you're right. I think the AFL is big on that. I think you need the stadium. And you need to build the stadium. We're not going to do it. Yeah. So if you think about it, though, if they build that stadium, it will be predominantly a football stadium by the fact it will get 11 games, maybe more, if they, you know, people sell home games. 
And then also, yep. I don't know if local teams would play there. Uh, maybe cricket might play there. Maybe a bit of 2020 on a ground with a roof. I mean, you wouldn't get a test match there, I don't imagine. And then on top of that, like, you don't often get, like, international acts. You don't, you don't get Tay-Tay. You don't get Ed Sheeran going down, Harry Styles yeah. playing Tasmanian yeah. gigs. So I, They don't play Jupiter's? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, no, Tay-Tay's been big on Jupiter's for a long time, actually. Because, <laughs> okay, good, yeah. Because Jupiter's gave her a start, essentially. Yeah. She, yeah, yeah, that's she, right. She yeah. said back in the day when she was, you know, 17, 18, she's like, Jupiter's is one of the few venues that, like, put their faith in her and said, you know, hey, Taylor, yeah. we committed to you. We're going to build an audience yeah. here in Hobart at the casino. Yeah. Come on down. Yeah, and so yeah. she's always been big on playing there. But but I kind of I, I don't want to use the white word white elephant too early. But I feel like it might be a bit of a white elephant if it's only playing like eleven or so football games a year and then not much else than that. Well, because it's at the it's at the city's edge, right? So it's like in the city, basically on the waterfront where they want to put it. So you would have to obviously there would have to be an AFL kitchen and bar there. So that instantly drags people in year round. That's right? actually bigger. Yeah, that'd be bigger than Mona, I must say. Actually, if you put an AFL yeah, kitchen well, I was going to say. Yeah, so you do that. So that takes. So that that fucks Mona up. So no one's going to Mona anymore because they're going to the AFL Kitchen and Bar yep, in Hobart. Yep, yep. Weekend but away. Hey, hey, honey, hey, honey, honey. We've been mm. working hard. Okay. Hey, yeah. love. Hey, Dal, Dal. How about to treat you to a weekend away? Oh, where are we going to go? Yep. Uh, we're going to go to you know uh, Dalesford. We're going to get a bit of B and B. No, honey, dear, love. We're going to head down to Hobart. Oh my God, I love Hobart. Oh. You know what they have there? Yep. An AFL kitchen yeah. bar. Oh my god, midfielder is margarita, premiership pepperoni. <laughs> I love you, honey. It's getting people there, and you could also combine. So you know, uh, people fly down for Dark Mofo. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, all of Melbourne moves down there when that is on. But if you had Dark Mofo held in the stadium, so you have art exhibition sure. in a crowd of twenty-seven thousand people. Yep. Just watching an artist paint, and they're like cheering and roaring, and you know, there's there's breaks and there's there's uh, you know um, dances and stuff and things happening. Like it's not just a sports stadium; it would be an arts stadium as well. I think you could get both happening. And then, actually, if you have Sunday games, you can then link mm. it with the Salamanca markets. So people mm. are like, "Hey, okay, let's go to the footy, let's go to the market, buy a record, buy a Moon Cup." It's yep. a, it's all <laughs> made of wax. It's all going off here at the footy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then you're at the at you're at the game, and everyone's fucking ear candling. <laughs> no one has any wax left in their heads. This is, I mean, it's just perfect. So we so we're right behind the team in Tasmania. I think we'll yeah, find, I think absolutely. We'll find I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be great. Hey, you do mention we're gonna wrap it up. Surely you do mention the AFL Kitchen Bar. We actually got a review from Tim. Oh from the AFL Kitchen and Bar. And actually, Junk Time is out there. Please uh, feel free to send your reviews into us about the uh, junktimeaflepod at gmail.com uh, about your experience at the AFL Kitchen and Bar. Because, I mean, fuck, we again, the AFL, we've already given you a few ideas this episode, mm. but we have been nothing but promoting the AFL Kitchen and Bar. Like, I feel like, and I want to yeah. make it clear to the Junk Timers out there, we, we are not getting paid for this promotional stuff. Okay? No, this is not SponCon. We are not getting paid. Like, we spoke to the no. big man in, what, March earlier this year, Gil, and he yep. talked glowingly about the AFL Kitchen and Bar. Now, he yeah. he probably didn't take our line of questioning in the spirit in which it was intended. <laughs> <laughs> but from Tim... After seeing my Jetstar flight would be delayed by three hours, sheesh, 
Only three. Fuck, that's lucky. Dude, I saw a thing on Twitter today out the front of Sydney Airport. So we're recording this on Monday at about noonish, a bit afternoon. And uh, the airport line to get into security was like out the street and down the road about 100 metres. Like, yeah, it's uh, it's not going well. Have they forgotten how to run an airport? Like, is it that difficult? Well, I don't, I don't know if it's them or if it's the fucking idiots who rock up there and be like, oh, do I have to take my belt off? Oh, do I need to take my laptop out? You're yep. like, I'll fucking kill you, mate. <laughs> I will, I've got a knife. I've hidden a knife <laughs> and it's not made out of metal so I can go through the detector, but I will pull it out and I will fucking shank you. Do you have a good routine when you go to the airport? Like, do you have, you know, bag out early, laptop out early? Like, Yeah, are you a, yeah like, absolutely. Do you While I'm in the line... Take the belt off, put it in my bag, put my phone, keys, everything in the bag. Yep. So it all goes through. I have nothing on my person. Yep, sure. Yeah, I do find it fascinating. I'm smart, mate. I've fucking travelled before. It's not difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, There have been a few times when I've gone through wearing shorts uh, in the summer months. And um, I don't know if you've done this as well, but like when you kind of do... Take footy shorts? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, footy shorts. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, Going through wearing shorts. And my, I don't know, my shorts are kind of like less tight than my jeans I suppose I'd say and you kind of take the belt off and then you go sheesh if I get asked to put my hands out (laughs) (laughs) everyone's copping an eyeful well that 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 was your your excuse last time you were arrested (laughs) at the airport mate my pants are very loose It doesn't explain your erection, Mr. Chamberlain. No, no, officer. I keep a camera in my show because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of roofs. I'm an artist. Um, from Tim, after seeing my jet star flight had been delayed for three hours, I quickly booked a flight on Virgin. Uh, not just so I could catch the Friday night game in Sydney on time, but also to try out the AFL kitchen and bar. Uh, each chair had the name, year and club of the AFL Brainlow medals, which I found very appealing. Uh, not literally, the text was peeling off the chair. I settled in front of the big TV showing the close Hawthorne v Richmond game. The room was significantly si- had a significantly sized ladder on the wall. To my dismay, it did not automatically update when Richmond won the game. Uh, I mean, come on, AFL Kitchen and Bar. You've got to be running a live ladder. What sort of experience do you want people to have in that fucking kitchen and bar? I'm trying to think if that was a live ladder, like a screen or the little you know, add-ons that you're moving by hand, like a suburban football ground or something. Have you you been there yet? I've not, no. Oh, dude, got to do it. I know, I know, I know. Uh, The cider I ordered was quick, cold, and in tall glass. It's also one of those bars where, kitchen and bars, where you go to the bar to order and they go, nah, do it at your table. And you go, but I'm... Standing in front of you standing right now, <laughs> like why can't you just? <laughs> yeah. And you know what they do? They fuck you by the fact they get your email, they get your phone number, all that kind of shit. And it's like, okay, I see what you're up to, AFL. Okay, you're getting on my details. Yeah. You're going to spam me. Okay. Yep. Uh, one of the tables had a little tribute to the art of the specky, but once I saw that was no mention of Gary Moorcroft's Herculean mark in the year 2001, I left in disgust. So fair enough. Tim didn't give a score out of five, but. I'm going to say maybe a two out of there from Timbo. I I think it's sitting a little bit higher than two. I reckon he's okay because he got a nice, quick, cold glass of cider. But obviously no reference to the Gary Morkoff mark hurts it a little bit. So, you know, it's still a learning process for the AFL Kitchen and Bar. Yeah, Yeah, it's teething. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, if the chaos at Sydney Airport is anything to go by, I imagine the chaos at Melbourne Airport is uh, pretty similar. So, you know, we can see. Well... 
the chaos at Melbourne Airport is obviously caused by the AFL Kitchen and Bar. Well, that's the thing. Sydney Airport, there's a line about 100 metres out the road, down the road to mm. get through security. At Melbourne Airport, mm. 100 metres out the road to yeah. get into the AFL Kitchen and Bar. It's It, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's how things happen. I had a footballer in real life. I did a gig at the West Coburg Footy Club on Saturday night and former Melbourne and Collingwood star Lyndon Dunn was okay. there playing uh, playing captain. Yeah, wow. Great. Sweet. West Coburg, so what, what league do they play in? Uh, EDFL, Essendon District Footy League, which is the one that I used to play in. Is there a statue of you at the front of the ground where you played? No, but I actually won a premiership, a cricket premiership for their. My photo was up in the club rooms. No so, way! You know, I'm a I'm a premiership hero at the West Coburg uh, Sporting Club. But then I changed. I moved club. Big, big, high profile transfer. Oh, trader! I went Jeez. to Strathmore. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're gonna hit the road. We're... I, was like, I was like the Buddy Franklin of my day. Everyone thought I was gonna go to. Uh, do to stars, but then I went to Strathmore and fucked everyone up. Yeah, sure. Why? Why the move? Like, did mates go and play there or something? Yeah, I, yeah, mainly because all my high school mates were there, so I was just like, "Well, this seems like more fun." And rather than them bashing me on the weekend, I get to play with them. Are you a batter or a bowler? Uh, I was a an all rounder. Yep, gotcha. <laughs> 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 Not quite good enough at either. <laughs> Yeah. We're going to hit the road. We are Junk Time Potter, Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, and the gram. Go. Go blues. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.